All right, it's the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin here with my guy, Frank Tucker, represented for CanesCounty.com. And make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, as well as the website, of course, CanesCounty.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And also follow this podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast. And first and foremost, we do want to talk about the story of the week in recruiting, which is Cormani McLean, the five-star cornerback out of Lakeland, committed to the Miami Hurricanes, scheduled to sign with Miami on Wednesday. Out of nowhere, his mom on social media says there's a delay. Sorry for the convenience. Everybody is kind of shocked about it. But when we checked in with Miami, they still remain pretty confident to land the five-star cornerback. But this has been a kind of a crazy scenario because we thought that he was going to commit on Thursday, then Friday. Now we're here on Christmas Eve and um, still no signing, which means McLean will, will likely sign to Miami in February now uh, when that um, official National Signing Day rolls around, first Wednesday of February. So the whole scenario is, is kind of crazy. First off, I'll, I'll say kind of, you know, what I know and what I can share uh, because I can't share everything that I know about the situation. However, uh, there is, there is kind of a, a growing uh, concern, um, let's just say, with his education or, or transcripts or just him completing certain classes or whatnot. That has that that is kind of been part of the issue. And then he also was uh, hearing offers also from, uh, you know, sev uh, several uh, schools that included Colorado coach prime over there in Boulder, who it seems like he's trying to get anybody who has a top 10 uh, list without Colorado. He goes out there and offers the kid. That's what it seems like is, is, is showing up on social media. And then of course, Alabama has been rumored to try to uh, make another, um, you know, uh, uh, case for him to come to Tuscaloosa as well. Crazy situation, uh, but I still feel like Miami is in a great position to still land Cormani. Your thoughts on that whole situation, Frank? My thoughts are signing day is always interesting. <laughs> it's always, always going to be a whole ordeal. First um, off, man, your voice is like crazy. Why, why don't you just tell the people like what what's what's going on, man? Like, <laughs> so we had the Dave versus Broward game last night. Uh, you know, I'm 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 part owner of that game, so I was into it. I was getting uh, excited, screaming, uh, cheering, uh, talking crap, uh, and I, I lost my voice. I lost my voice. It's been a long time since since probably when I was like coaching uh, high school ball that I lost my voice. But um, we're going to try to get you that information that you guys need, even with uh, the mafioso uh, you know, <laughs> rasp uh, that we got going on here. But, uh, you know, the, what I've been hearing is that schools are basically trying to tell Cormani that DVD is not going to be on staff next year. 
you know, they were trying to tell Cormani that USF was going to be able to get him. Uh, you know, they were trying to tell the kid uh, that he's not going to be on the field, which is something that um, has been rumored to potentially be happening next year. So, you know, there, there, there's there's so much so much stuff going on in Cormani's recruitment right now, uh, and he's one of the top players in the country. He can he can be that type of kid that can wait till February and make a decision and still have everybody on his tail. No doubt. Um, but overall, overall, it's a, it is a wild, wild uh, process, I guess you could say, for the Hurricanes. I know they're probably stressing about it a little bit. You and I both heard that Miami shouldn't have been worried. Uh, you know that he was probably going to sign the next day. And that doesn't happen, like you said. And then yesterday, we were hoping for something. It doesn't happen. Um, I still think Miami's the favorite here. I think I think that Colorado's making things interesting. Um, I also think that Alabama is making things interesting. Um, yeah. So it's – I think he's trying to weigh all his options. I wouldn't be surprised to see the kid take some unofficial visits over the next couple months. Um, and, and, and listen, Cormani is Cormani. Right, I think everybody needs to to realize that he's going to make decisions based on him. You know, none of us, even the Miami people, thought he was going to commit to Miami the first time around. He thought he was a Florida lock, uh, or at least Alabama lock. Uh, yeah. Some somebody other than Miami was going to get him, and they were able to. So I, I still have faith that Cristobal and staff uh, are able to, you know, reel things in and make this happen because they were able to do it the first time. And shock everybody. This time it wouldn't be shocking, right? They they have the upper hand. They've had they've had his commitment uh, for a little bit now. Um, the relationship is there with DVD and Ma, uh, so I I think Miami's going to be all right. Yeah, they are going to be all right because the class, despite Cormani McClain not committing, is still very very impressive. I mean, uh, right now you've got a top five class in the country. Uh, tops in the ACC, uh, tops in the state of Florida. Miami has, you know, uh, counting, let's just count Cormani McClain. They've got three five stars in this class, including Francis Maunoa and uh, Samson Okunlola, uh, the two five star tackles. And they were also able to land a blue chip cornerback. On signing day, Damari Brown, the Miami legacy four-star cornerback out of American Heritage, made his commitment to Miami and signed on Wednesday, early national signing day. Big get for the Hurricanes. I think this – I I would actually say Damari Brown is actually a better cornerback than Cormani McClain overall. I think just physically he's just a better – athlete uh then uh, Cormani I think uh Cormani is very technically sound and he may eventually be the better NFL prospect down the line but as far as right now ready to go to to, to play a college football game I like my chances with Damari Brown it's an interesting recruiting process for him he um did visit Florida State with his brother Devontae Brown who also transferred uh, to Miami and committed this week. So now you've got the Brown brothers who are uh, committed to the Miami Hurricanes at the same position with potential with both to be playing on the field at the same time. That That's a, 
that's actually a, a real possibility that could happen. So uh, Florida State was in the mix. Of course, Alabama was in the mix as well. Nick Saban came to American Heritage High School to visit Damari Brown personally, but it wasn't enough as Mario Cristobal and those loafers were able to get Damari to commit to Miami. It was a really great addition uh, to this class. Uh, defensive back uh, overall is, you know, uh, if you don't count Cormani McClain, you only have Damari Brown and Robert Stafford as, as, uh, as your legit cornerbacks. Uh, you also have uh, Caleb Spencer as your lone safety. So overall, this class is really, really impressive, especially after a five-win season. I mean, come on, Frank. I mean, we're, I don't think I don't think you were were you expecting Miami to land a top five class after seeing the abysmal season that they had. I actually was. I was. I was. I was expecting close to the top five at minimum. Mario Cristobal's done an excellent job on the recruiting trail. And you and I spoke about this during the year. I I thought it was probably the best thing for Miami to go five and seven, right? You win seven or eight games. Some of these kids don't see the opportunity to play early like there is right now, right? These kids are coming in with the idea, I'm taking somebody's job. I'm going to play as a true freshman, be a potential freshman All-American. If you win – if you get to a you know a decent bowl game or something like that, there's not that opportunity for everybody, right? Like if you look at the recruiting class, you know, say you lose Cormani McClain, right? You still got Tamari Brown, who we feel is the best cornerback in South Florida. We got Antoine Jackson in the class, who is potentially a first round draft pick if everything you know pans out the way it should. He's 16 years old. He's going to be 17 years old as a freshman. Then you got Robert Stafford, who we think is one of the more underrated players in the country, regardless of position. Then you get Devontae Brown. Like, nobody's really talking about Devontae Brown. Devontae Brown was a stud at UCF before having a back injury this past season. Right? He's played a ton of yeah. snaps. He's versatile. He can play safety or cornerback. I think he's an upgrade of, of a guy like an Al Blades Jr., right? The expectations we had for Al Blades Jr. this year, right, where we thought he was going to be able to help us at both safety and corner and, and kind of shore up some of those depth, depth problems. I think he's going to be that guy to be that that mesh player, right? The guy that you can just put him, put him somewhere. He's going to be smart. He's not going to make mistakes. He might not be the most talented player out of everybody, right? He's not Cam Kitchens, right? But overall, he's really good. And, and Miami has, has completely flipped the, the roster at, at a number of different positions, offensive line, linebacker. They bring in four different guys, not including uh, Francisco Malagoa, who was one of the best linebackers in the Pac-12 last season. Uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that this class is is exceptional in all ways. Um, if I think the only thing that they could have really probably done different was grab a five-star quarterback or a four-star quarterback, right? Uh, like Emory Williams, really good player, really good potential. He's not going to play. Uh, in the next two years. That, that That's one thing I think people need to understand, right? The expectations are he's going to come in with the potential of being really good, but it's going to be a process. It's going to be a yeah. process. He's coming from a Milton program that is one of the worst in the state of Florida, right? Not because of him, but it's he's a byproduct of a losing environment, right? So now you have to completely flip the image on him as a three-star prospect, and he has to come in, put some weight on. We know he's 6'4", 6'5", skinny. <laughs> he's not there yet. 
but he's got some nice mobility. He's got a good arm. But I think that's going to be the target for the next class is a guy like Michael Van Buren or somebody like that who's a potential five-star quarterback. Yeah, um, Emory Williams, not as not as skinny as, as I thought uh, when you see him, but he is 200 pounds, which is um, kind of surprising, but still could definitely put some weight on. Um, who's your MVP for the class? The MVP of the class is Mark Fletcher. Okay. Mark Fletcher, right? I think Samson Okanlola, Francis Malagoa, great, right? The only problem I have is offensive tackles are part of a championship, uh, you know, re recipe. They're yeah. not the guy that you put on ESPN as yeah. the face of the team. They don't score touchdowns. Yeah. Mark Fletcher is, in my opinion, one of the best running backs in the country, right? Listen, yeah. I, I think we do a great job with our evaluations here at Rivals. I think that we have him a little low, right? He's one of those players I think we have. He's probably a top five back in the country for me. I think he's closer in the conversation to a Cedric Baxter, right? <laughs> like that's the type of player he is. We saw what he did this year. Over 2,000 yards in total offense, over 20 touchdowns against an elite schedule, right? Bringing his team to a state championship game. He's got over 4,000 yards rushing despite being a backup his freshman year, uh, despite playing in a COVID season his sophomore year, right? He is a multi-time Broward County Player of the Year. Uh, he's going to come in and provide something that Miami hasn't had in a long time, and that is an elite back with elite size and an elite tangibles, right? Like we've watched him grow as a receiver as well. It's not just being, you know, uh, like people want to say he's Derrick Henry. He is way more versatile than a Derrick Henry. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. We've seen him do some things, you know, as a, as a receiver where he's making big plays. He beat Shaman Madonna his junior year by himself almost, right? Brandon is didn't have a good game, right? As a quarterback, right? But like, he had a game where he had over 100 receiving yards against one of the best defenses in the country and Shaman Madonna. People don't realize that this guy is going to play a lot as a freshman. So that's why he's my MVP. I hear you 100%, and I agree with you. That would have been my pick as well, but I am going to go on the defensive side of the ball myself for the more valuable player. And to me, it's Joshua Horton, man. To me, I, I think just his value – on that defensive line on the inside, it should not be understated one bit because Miami's kind of hurting in that area. Yay, you still have Leonard Taylor and you add the transfer Thomas Gore out of Georgia State. But adding a guy like Joshua Horton, I think he is going to get some uh, playing time in year one because we saw from Kevin Steele that he has a rotation of guys coming in and out. And I think Joshua Horton, based on the production that he had in high school and based on how they played uh, young guys, including freshman Nigel Kelly on this defensive line, I think he will get significant playing time in year one. And he's only going to get better year two and year three. So I, I think when it's all said and done, we are really going to be talking about how great of a pickup Josh Horton was and just to flip him from North Carolina, let's just just make sure we, we we point that out that they flipped him from a team that is inside the conference. So that could be something that could pay dividends, um, just not only for for the team as a whole, but just it just winning, possibly winning the conference. So once again, this is 
Marcus Benjamin and Frank Tucker here represented from canescounty.com, part of the Rivals Network. Another one of those players uh, from this class that we actually had a chance to see last night in the in the Dade versus Broward game, battle for the battle for the crib was Christopher Johnson, the, the lone Miami commit in or signee, I should say, in this game. He had a he was pretty impressive. I mean, he lined up at wide receiver um, and you know caught caught some balls out of the backfield, made some people miss. Uh, posted a video on social media. Um, you know, just just um, Frank, uh, tell me just what you thought of him and and any other players uh, that kind of pop for you uh, in the uh, Dade County versus Broward County game. Speaking on Chris Johnson, I love that kid. <laughs> you know, I, I, for him to to play in this game, he didn't have to. Right. Lost you there, Frank. Don't have you. Sorry about that. Uh, it's yeah. just a testament, just a testament to uh, you know his competitive nature, right? And he played receiver the whole game, and he looks so good. He was open all night long. Uh, the speed was so easy to see. Nobody could cover him. And there was there was D1 kids all over that defensive backfield for the Dade side. Um, you know, he, he made about like five kids miss on one play. It, you know, cross field was 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 utilized in the jet sweep game, which I think he's gonna bring to this Miami Hurricanes team that they haven't had. Right. We like what we've talked about so many times before. Romello Brinson was running jet sweeps for the Miami Hurricanes. He didn't even do that in high school, right? This right. is what Chris Johnson does best. Use his speed, and I, and he wants the ball in his hands. I I had to hold him back. I'm not going to lie. I had to hold him back in this game. I didn't want any more jet sweeps. I, you know, I, I didn't want him in a position where he shouldn't have been playing or, you know, there shouldn't have been – there was an opportunity for him, you know, to get hurt or something like that. I didn't want that to happen. So – but – on, on the sidelines, this kid is like, Frank, give me the ball. Give me the ball. He wants to win. And honestly, I, 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 I'm so proud of how he handled the game and, and how he played. Um, and, and he's as good as advertised. Um, and then there were, there were some other kids in this game that were absolute ballers. Uh, Xavier Irvin from Booker T. Washington won uh, MVP, part MVP, co-MVP of this game. Uh, he was incredible. Uh, he won. Lights out Jenkins, FIU quarterback. I know Xavier Washington. Talk a little bit more about who he is and where is he going? Uh, he's going to Temple. He's going to yeah. Temple as and they just taking him as an athlete, trying to figure out where he's going to be. Receiver, DB, forced a fumble last night. Uh, you know, he 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 was making plays all over the field. I think he had a few catches as well. Uh, you know, he's just one of those kids, and we've talked about it. He's probably the best ATH in South Florida, uh, other than Edwin Joseph. Right, like the kid does it all for Booker T. Washington. He was a breakout player this year. At the beginning of the year, everybody was asking who is that kid, and at the end of the year, everybody knew who he was. And, and I think after last night, even more people are just astounded on how this kid was able to get out of the Power Five ranks. He's going to Temple, right? They got to steal. So, you know, six foot tall, very athletic, probably about four or five speed right now. Uh, elite ball skills. Uh, and just football, football ability and intangibles. He is up there with some of the best we've had. Um, and then lights out just to speak on him. He won MVP, three touchdowns in the game, and he threw it to two power five kids. 
Katerra Six had two touchdowns, game winning one, no time remaining on the clock. The yeah. Lamar I mean, before you go even more into it, just talk about that ending, man. It was a crazy ending. Dade versus Broward came down to the last play. I know, you know, Frank uh, uh, coaches the Broward uh, County All-Stars, uh, so disappointed in, in the uh, in the ending there. Uh, but, man, Kiwan, uh, Jenkins, lights out, finding the Louisville commit. So FIU to Louisville on the connection for the game winner. Also, you can see that on our, on our social media, but it was just a crazy ending. Second year of this game, Dade County versus Broward County. Broward County won last year. Dade County won this year. So it should be a very a, a exciting event. Next year, Sniper Gang, uh, Kodak Black's uh, apparel company um, helped sponsor the event. Uh, the whole city was out there. It was just a great event overall for the kids. For me personally, and I'm not just saying this, um, but it was it was the best all-star game as far as talent is concerned. Um, and, you know, with the with the thrilling ending as well. I mean, I, I don't remember going to have been to a few of these and I don't remember such a an exciting finish with the amount of players uh, that were in this game. So I uh, just kind of wanted to just kind of speak on that. But you said a Lamar Seymour. Yeah, he scores a touchdown. He he has that last last catch that uh, puts uh, Dade in position to uh, to score that game when he touchdown diving catch um, along the sideline uh, from Keyvon Jenkins. He puts it on a frozen rope uh, to his number one target. And listen, we had a double digit power five kids playing in the game, and I think every kid coming out of it is going to tell you how much fun they had. It was uh it was everything that I hoped it was, and uh, I'm I'm glad everybody came out. Thank you for coming out, Marcus, um, and yeah, and yeah. hopefully hopefully we get some attention uh, to these kids that deserve uh, deserve deserve some recruiting attention. Absolutely, uh, yeah. On social media, we did retweet the uh, or I did retweet the live stream. So if you want to check out the entire game, uh, feel free to check that out. Uh, one player that didn't make it out, though, was Miami commit Antoine Jackson. Uh, he was supposed to be uh, one of the players for this game, and he unfortunately uh, didn't didn't make it out uh, due to, to some you know personal issues. Uh, but uh, there has been some news swirling around him after he committed uh, to Miami along with uh, Christopher Johnson. Uh, he put out on social media that he wasn't committing to Miami. Um, and then, you know, he he later uh, deleted the, the tweet out. But uh, some concern there uh, just, just for the simple fact that, you know, he kind of put that out there. You know, I've heard that he, you know, does want early playing time. And as you alluded to, he's just a 16-year-old. And let's be honest, uh, it's going to be, it's going to take some time for him to develop into a collegiate uh, defensive back. And right now with the DB room as is, you know, I don't see him really getting playing time over the likes of a Devonte Brown, um, uh, potentially a, Cor a Cormani McLean uh, or a Damari Brown or a Daryl Porter Jr., or uh, to Corey Couch, uh, I, I, uh, far, as far as 
all of those DBs, I don't see him jumping over any of those guys. And then you do have some other guys like Jaden Harris, who who um, potentially could be, um, you know, you know, next on the depth chart as well. Um, so, you know, with all those guys, you know, I don't really see Antoine Jackson really seeing the field in year one and possibly even in year two. Um, but I think down the line, he, you know, has potential to be great or one of the best ones uh, to, to, to play at the University of Miami as of late. So interesting situation there to monitor. Uh, he did take a visit to East Carolina in December. And from what I hear, his girlfriend is, is supposed to be attending East Carolina as well. So that potentially could be a factor. But what I do want to say is that, you know, what we've seen from Mario Cristobal and the staff and the type of guys that they want to bring in, they want players that want to be Miami Hurricanes. And I think every player that has signed is fully a thousand percent committed to being Miami Hurricanes. So I think a conversation needs to be had or maybe it's already been had about how much does he want to be a Miami Hurricane or is it all about um, him and, and, and getting playing time? And uh, I think he's, he's a great player. And um, I think he's in a situation where he's, he's only 16 years old. He reclassified from the 2024 class to 23. So obviously he's an outstanding student um, in the classroom and on the football field. Uh, like I said, potential is just through the roof for this kid, but I just don't seeing I just don't see him seeing the field anytime soon. And I'm concerned with how Mario Cristobal and the staff feels about him creating uh, this narrative or those type of headlines. Yeah, um, I think Tuan's going to be committed in the class. I think, you know, I think there were some things going on, obviously, personally. Um, but you and I both know Tuan, and we know how good of a kid he is. And, um, you know, I, I think it's uh, – I think sometimes kids ha have to go through their own process. Um, and I think, you know, maybe he was just going through his own process, right? Same thing with Cormani. Um, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, Hurricane fans uh, need to be respectful about a little bit too. Um, is, you know, you see some fans going on Twitter and stuff, going on crazy at Gormani. Uh, you know, you see some fans talking about Tuan. Sometimes you, these are, remember, these are people, right? We, we, we've all made decisions about work, right, where we don't know what we're going to do, right, or, or we've made the wrong decision on, on paths in our own lives. So I think sometimes kids have to make their own decisions, man, and I think he is 16 years old at the end of the day. He's not going to be perfect, Um but I, I think he he realizes that, you know, even without maybe playing as a freshman, which I still think he has the potential to do just because of how, how good he really can be. The potential is there for him to be an elite level player. That's why even yeah. in a reclass, he's still a top 200 prospect in the country and a strong blue chip player. Uh, so I, I think he's going to do well at Miami. Uh, I think there's a reason, uh, you know, that they still have him in the class and that they want him in the class. 
and, and because they know how good he can be. Um, you know, and and honestly, it's just another early signing day narrative, right? It's just yeah. just the fun of signing day, and and you know, I'm happy for Tuan that he, you know he, he did. Uh, he went on Instagram and posted, uh, you know, stay in the path, stay in the course, um, with a video of him committing to Miami uh, and signing to Miami. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I think things will get straightened out, and uh, he'll be good. He'll be a Miami Hurricane. Yeah, we definitely hope, uh, you know, he sticks with the class and and uh, he, you know, remains a Miami Hurricane. Really excited for his uh, future at Miami. So, uh, Miami does have some holes to fills at certain positions. Um, I do want to kind of touch on the transfers. You already touched on Francisco Malagoa, a uh, linebacker. So, you know, uh, got a ton of linebacker help in this class with uh, Bobby Washington, Malik Bryant. Marcellius Pulliam, uh, you know, and, and Francisco Malangoa now um, definitely stacking at that position, which is great. I don't think we've had a set of linebackers as fierce um, as we do right now to go along with, you know, Corey Flagg and, and also Wesley Besaint. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really a, a nice group of linebackers. And we haven't even talked about Chase Smith a lot. You know, and, and I think that that's a guy that who's kind of underrated that that may pop uh, in the spring. So but we'll, we'll see on that. And then, you know, Keontre Smith is still in uh, on the roster, you know, so a lot of rumors of him transferring out right now. He is still on the roster. So it's just absolutely a, it's, it's surprisingly now a, a place of, 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 of abundance where it was you know, uh, a lack of depth at that spot, but uh, some, some other holes that, that definitely need to be filled um, whether it be through the transfer portal or in recruiting likely will be the transfer portal are wide receiver, defensive tackle and safety safety in particular. Unfortunately, Miami couldn't do enough to get Conrad Hussey, Conrad Hussey, the four-star uh, safety out of St. Thomas Aquinas, super athletic, uh, really great kid. Of course, you know, you and I, we know Conrad and unfortunate to see him go to the rival Florida State. He flips from Penn State to go to Tallahassee. But that safety spot is still, especially free state safety in particular, is still vacant uh, there. And then we did see some guys go off the board as well as uh, Derek Williams, uh, Texas. Um, and then Dalen Austin also went off the board as well. Uh, Miami is interested in that kid. So uh, defensive tackle is also a concern. And then also wide receiver is still a concern as well. I expect Miami to go into the portal uh, for all of these three positions. Um, what are you hearing, Frank, about? any of these three positions in Miami that Miami could potentially target or Miami could potentially uh, sign eventually. Well, it's not, I know they're trying to turn every stone at receiver. Uh, it, unfortunately, there's just been so many of the top guys going to other top schools. Dorian Singer goes to USC. I know that's something that they liked. Uh, Andrew Armstrong goes another direction. Uh, the, the freak of nature uh, FCS prospect, um, you know, I, Rara Thomas went to uh, Georgia. Yeah. Then there was another receiver that went to Georgia. They went and got two out of the portal. It's yeah. just, 
Tyrese Chambers goes to, to Maryland, right? It, yeah. It's it's been tough. It's been tough because I know that they've been they've been looking for outside guys, and I mean you even see Alonzo Highsmith throwing out offers at receiver, trying to work his his Colby Young magic, and uh, it just hasn't hasn't happened. Um, you know, and and listen, I, I think they're going to be okay at receiver. People don't realize how good Ray Ray and Robbie really are. Um, they have the potential to to really expand this offense with their speed. Chris Johnson has nice length and he could play outside if you need him to as a vertical threat that they just really don't have. So they added three guys that could help at receiver. Obviously you want, uh, you know, elite prospects like a Brandon Ennis, uh, 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 Carnell Tates, uh, Hakeem Williams, Andy Jeans. You want kids like that uh, to play on the outside. They just weren't able to, to flip it uh, in this first class. And I think it's just because of, Mario's only been here a year. He's only been here like literally 365 days. Yeah, and a lot of those kids were being recruited by those schools for upwards of three to four years. So it's hard to immediately come in and do that. But I think that the 24 class is going to be where they go get a lot of receivers. And then at safety, oh, man, I I think Devontae Brown's going to have to be the solution because they can't find anything right now. They can't find anything in the 2023 class. And I think Robert Stafford might be a guy that with his size, uh, ball skills, he could end up transitioning to safety as well if they put enough weight on. So there are some options there. It's obviously not ideal. Uh, we, you know, we heard some smoke on Jaden Bonsu potentially, you know, getting back into the thick of things with Ohio State, you know, playing some games, but he ends up signing. You know, Terrence Love ends up signing in Auburn, right? Like all the targets ended up, ends up signing with Colorado. Yeah. Joan Alagero still goes to Georgia, right? Like yeah. it, it was just, it was a tough class at receiver and safety for me. Um, and I think everybody else. And I, I think they're just kind of pushing to 24. Like you got Zaquan Patterson. Uh, that's going to be a prized recruit out of South Florida, that Georgia, the Alabamas, the Michigans, Ohio States are all going to go after him. A receiver, you got JoJo, Chance Robinson, uh, Jeremiah Smith. It, it's you, you got a ton of options. Ryan Wingo, another top five receiver out of Missouri, uh, is very interested in Miami as well. Uh, so I, I think, I think short term, it's going to hurt Miami that they didn't get anybody in those spots, and, and there's really not any options. Like you, you can't even really like think like ah, they could go here. There's really no routes. Of, of opportunity and the transporters not a lot of safety help. Uh, there's still some, some guys at receiver, so we'll see what they do. You know, they got Frank Ladson pretty late in the process. I think last year um, they could probably do, you know, try to pull something off like that again, but 2024 is probably going to be where we get some, uh, you know, semblance of a solution there. Yeah. Some names to watch uh, for receiver is Dante Thornton at uh, Miami still, um, actively trying to get uh, Dante Thornton to sign. Um, he's still uh, potentially available. They did get him on campus uh, last weekend. And then another name I think uh, we need to kind of monitor is Raymond Cottrell. Um, he is committed to Georgia, but from what I hear, uh, Georgia, you know, we already talked about they added a couple of receivers, so potentially uh, not going to be a spot for him. He's committed you know to the bulldogs 6'3 205 pounds he kind of fits the mold of 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 the bigger uh receiver that miami is looking for 
uh, played with Emery Williams at Milton. Uh, so it, there's definitely potential to, to get him on campus uh, for a visit, and he could definitely fill a spot there. And, and like I said, I do like, you know, where they are so far with uh, Dante Thornton. He's another big receiver, 6'5", uh, 198. And uh, I think he can definitely fill, fill a hole um, as well at, at wide receiver. Um, but, but yeah, I think uh, 24 is going to be definitely an interesting uh, class um, for, for Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal kind of alluded to that the 24 class is probably the most important that he just kind of said, yeah, that's when you really kind of get rolling is, is, is that um, not, not this class, but the next class is probably even more important uh, than this 23 class. Um, But in, as far as position groups, I think they got to go for uh, a quarterback, you know, Uh, a quarterback in the next class is very, very important. You know, they're looking at some guys like, um, you know, Air Norland, as well as um, C.J. Bailey could be a possibility as well. Uh, and uh, Michael Van Buren are, are, some, are some names to really kind of watch for the 2024 class. Uh, which one of the 2024 signal callers uh, intrigues you the most, Frank? Michael Van Buren and Air Norland, those are the two. I think they fit this offense perfectly. Uh, you know, I think Josh Gaddis wants a quarterback that can move the pocket a little bit. Both I, both those guys can, and they both have put up huge numbers, huge numbers uh, at two very elite programs. Michael Van Buren's at St. Francis uh, in, in the Baltimore area, uh, one of the top programs in the country. And and Aaron Norland has brought Langston Hughes out of Georgia from a two and eight program to a undefeated Georgia State champion and one of the more elite classifications in the country. So both those guys, not elite size for either of them either. That's something to talk about, right? We're, we're kind of seeing the quarterbacks transition from needing to be 6'5 to they could be six foot, six one, uh, As long as they can move in the pocket, maybe make some, uh, make some things happen, they'll go after them, right? And I think the arm talent for, for those guys is there. The modern-day quarterback of – being able to throw off platform, different arm angles, you know, having a little bit of swagger to them, right? They, they, they got some confidence, right? Like if you go on those kids' social medias, right, they are they are social media like stars, right? Like these are the court, the cot, they have confidence. They have they have a presence. And those are the type of kids that I'm I'm glad Miami's going after. And that's why I think that, you know, it's nice to get an Emory Williams, but the prize prospect of the next class has to be the quarterback. Because, you know, I think we could talk about Jaden Rashada a little bit. He I think he's a good player, right? We wish he was in the class. I don't know if he was the quarterback of the future either, right? And I don't necessarily know if, if that was the case. Um, but overall, um, I, I think those two kids could be the future of the program um, and bring the same exciting guys like Jake Garcia uh, and, and Tyler Van Dyke. And, and even before that, like a Ja'Cory Harris uh, brought to the program. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree uh, about those quarterbacks. Uh, they're very interesting to see where they go at QB for 24. Uh, a couple of uh, names I also want to mention about uh, transfers as well is um, Isaac Tesla, man. Uh, this is a receiver 
um, from a small school at Hillsdale. Uh, I think this is a player that Miami is really, really high on. He's likely going to visit within the next few weeks, 6'4", 210, uh, just a really uh, good athlete, runs a 4'5", 40. Um, he's just a, a guy that I could definitely see them adding at wide receiver. Uh, so look out for that name in, in the next upcoming upcoming weeks here. Um, and then also um, a guy that they may uh, be looking into is uh, Chip Allers. Uh, this is a player that they offered, um, um, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago. He's kind of a, a defensive defensive guy, um, you know, another guy to kind of add to the to the rotation on the defensive line. Six three, two fifteen, um, out of uh, the, kind of the West Coast, uh, south, uh, Northwest part of the of the country up there in Oregon. So you know, Miami is, has been doing well in recruiting that area, getting players like like Riley Williams and of course Jaden Wayne. So what those are a couple names to kind of kind of watch in these next upcoming weeks. Uh, next upcoming weeks is going to be all about the transfers uh, and getting those guys on campus. Not so much with recruits. Uh, like I said, Coutrell is probably the one you, you, you kind of kind of look out for as, as far as wide receivers concerned. Uh, but safety is kind of a mystery right now. Um, as far as where they go, um, of course, more on Canes County as far as uh, in the next coming weeks of where they go at safety. Uh, but uh, the the players they did do have committed to the class, a lot of them will be in attendance at the UA All-American game uh, coming up next week. And we've got players like Cormani McLean, who's supposed to be in this game, a team captain. Uh, so it'll be interesting uh, if he shows up for media day or whatnot. He's kind of a shy kid, you know, uh, when it comes to the media. But we'll see, you know, if he shows up for media. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll show up for the game. Uh, but he'll also be accompanied by other Canes signees uh, like Riley uh, Williams, Francis Malagoa, Ruben Bain uh, will be attending in this game as well so you got some guys robert stafford also will be uh, an attendee for the ua all-american game so it should be an interesting uh you know a game um of course uh, another player that was in the day versus Broward game last night javen javen simpkins will also be at the ua all-american uh, game as well. He recently decommitted from Georgia Tech and and is looking at options like UCF, Michigan State, and uh, FAMU um, as well. So, um, is and, and as well as Georgia Tech. So uh, those are those are some of the guys to look out for in that game. I will be in Orlando covering that game, um, bringing you all of the coverage as well as you know the. the almost the entire rivals uh, team uh, as far as uh, the Southeast region will be there uh, giving you wall-to-wall -wall coverage on the UA All-American game. 
Uh, what are you excited for within the next coming upcoming weeks, man? Where we're going into seven on seven season, we got some all star games, we got the transfer portal. Uh, what are you most excited about in these next couple weeks, Frank? I'm excited for the start of seven on seven. I mean, you know, some of the best teams in the country are coming out of uh, the South Florida area. Uh, South Florida Express, national champions last year in the seven on seven realm. Uh, Raw. Miami is one of the more intriguing teams uh, that's going to be emerging. First-year program, going to have elite players throughout. Uh, there's a strong Miami connection there, so we're going to see a lot of national recruits coming onto the Miami campus over the next six months from that raw program, uh, which is kind of interesting because Julian Sane is going to be their quarterback. He's currently an Alabama commit, right? Being able to get him down to South Florida is going to be something that's that could make things interesting. Uh, there were conversations before, uh, you, you know, I, I got a chance to speak to Julian. He was interested in Miami. It was they were one of his schools like that. He was actually considering down the line, uh, despite being so far away from home and him committing to Miami proves to me that it doesn't have to be a West Coast school for him. So uh, if Miami can get back into that race, that's as elite as they come. And then obviously DEFCON, you know, I got a lot of love for that program and and, and there's some studs on that team. C.J. Ewald, current Michigan commit. Zaquan Patterson, uh, Mari Wallace, 2025 safety out of Miami Central. Um, so it, it's I'm so excited for the start of that. And I'm excited to see the off-season visits. Remember last year we had, you know, the camps, right? We had the, the elite prospect camp that Mario Cristobal put on in January of last year, I believe. Yeah. Right? Like, all those things are going to be happening very fast. And, and yeah. you and I have still a lot of work to do, even in an off season. It's probably going to be almost more work for us. Um, yeah. and, and I'm excited for that because there's going to be so much recruiting news. And there's going to be so much, so much momentum from a top five class in 2023. And in in Mario Cristobal and Steph's first year coming off a five and seven season. I think that if you can prove that freshmen can have an impact in the first year, you could have another huge class, potentially even top three, because uh, there's so many homegrown kids that are five-star or high four-star players. Um, so I'm excited to see the momentum. I'm excited to see who's going to be the first uh, non-kicker commit in 2024. Uh, and, I, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen at the start of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um excited, excited uh, to, to see where it goes. Uh, Merry Christmas, Frank. Uh, and, uh, you know, happy new year. Once we get there, of course, we'll have another podcast before that. But happy holidays to anybody, um, you know, listening to the podcast. Appreciate all the love on, on social media and, and uh, the YouTube channel. And, and um, you know, um, Canes County is, is, is going to continue to grow. And um, it's, it's going to be a huge off season for us uh, because, to be honest, uh, no one's going to be covering – especially South Florida recruiting is harder than canescounty.com. So tune in uh, for us and make sure you subscribe to the website as well as YouTube channel. Follow us on all social media platforms until the next time.